Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights. We are we just finished the second round of group stage fixtures for Euro 2020. Callum and I are going to have a look back at them and also just try and piece together that England performance against Scotland on Friday night. But it's going to be a packed episode. My name's Tom Murray. My name's Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. Now, Callum, well, sorry. now you for for the Euros, we've been doing these uh, video updates, but it's a Sunday morning and we've both just woken up, so this one's going to be strictly audio, so you don't see us with the bags under our eyes after many heavy nights. I'm sure, Callum, you've got a game tomorrow. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Final group game for um, the Netherlands and North Macedonia, and as you mentioned. Um, Everyone's played two games now, so a uh, good time for us to pick up and uh, and take a look back at what's what's happened. Every time I say North Macedonia, I the Fresh Prince of Bel Air ends up coming into my head. <laughs> I'm like, eh, North Macedonia, <laughs> it's uh, it's a problem I'm having, and hopefully I don't sort of break into I break into rap tomorrow during the audio description. Yeah, when you're doing the uh, the intro to the game, it's Netherlands versus North Macedonia, born and raised. <laughs> Yeah, Adam. Forward to it. yeah. Look, the Netherlands are. Um, uh, I believe the Netherlands are already through. I, I was looking this up yesterday, so it, it goes on a head-to-head before it goes to goal difference, I believe. So oh. I, I think I think because they were saying if Poland lost yesterday, um, they could only get three points, which technically could have still drawn them level with Slovakia, who who are on three points. But the commentators were saying that um, they were out. So presumably that's because between Slovakia and, and Poland, Slovakia beat them. So uh, I believe, it, uh, I, I think from my understanding, that it's, uh, it's a head-to-head thing. Oh, uh, you know, that, that brings back horrible memories of the Hapoel Bear Shaver for Southampton in the Europa League, where, it was done, where we had a better goal difference than them, but we went out because they scored an away goal against us or something like that. And it was that, you know, UEFA UA are not making sense. Why, why does, why is that not a shock? Uh, that's a shame. I think it should be on goal difference because, you know, if there is a team that there is the whipping boys in the group, then you should be judged on maybe who scored more goals against that particular person or against your, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, anyone listening, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I I found the rules and I read them, but they were, it was like reading some sort of legal document or terms and conditions where it's almost Shakespearean in, <laughs> in, in trying to understand. But from what I got, it was, it was, you know, between the sides that are locked on the same points, it comes down to certain things between those two sides only, i.e. the games. And then when I, when I heard yesterday that, because Sweden beat Slovakia, didn't they? So Slovakia on three points. Yeah. Poland would then have been on zero points with one game left, so could get a maximum of three. And they were saying on the telly that um, they were out; they couldn't, they wouldn't have been able to achieve third place. But they got, they got themselves a point anyway. But we'll get onto that group. We'll get onto that group. I mean, Callum, where do you want to start? The last time we left it was before um, Schick decided that he was going to shoot from fifty yards against Scotland. I mean, come on, that's goal of the tournament right there. What a strike! Yeah, yeah. So we we we, uh, we were about halfway through, weren't we? The 
the match day one fixtures, as, as you, as I suppose you could call them. Um, and the Scots got off to a pretty terrible start against the Czechs. Czechs have looked okay. Um, they were kind of the unknown quantity in our group, but they've been pretty competitive in both their games. Uh, Scotland did make some chances, and at the end of the day, it was it was down to their poor finishing that meant that they uh, they lost that game. But yeah, what a what an unbelievable strike! Quite why David Marshall was <laughs> hovering around the centre circle, I'll never know. It's not exactly like the thirty-six-year-old is blessed with pace to recover, but. Yeah, as soon as as soon as uh, Hendry took that shot and it got rebounded towards the halfway line, you could see him realise that uh, that was a bad choice. But what an unbelievable finish! You don't see many of those. The the furthest goal in in Euros history, where it seems to be a different record every single day. It was Spain with their passing, and there was Bellingham's the youngest until yesterday, where some Polish lad was a few days younger. So yeah, they seem to be breaking every day. But what a what a goal and a really really good win for the Czech Republic, which left Scotland with a lot to do. Just on a note on that game, did you see any of like the uproar about the BBC commentary for the for that particular goal? No, what, what was that about? Well, basically, I mean, as commentators, we're told to be as impartial as possible and to you know, if a team scores a a goal against when when a team scores against Saints, we've got to big it up as if if if, if they scored a screamer, <laughs> then we've got to describe it as such. Um, oh, did they not give it the credit? It oh no, 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 about Marshall. The whole thing. Uh, every every pundit, every commentator was Scottish, and it was literally just like shit goes for it. Oh, and the Czech Republic have caught Scotland on the break as if he scored a tap. And it's like, mate, he's just scored from 50 yards. He's not... Fantastic impersonation. <laughs> I think better than anything. I could do that. <laughs> um, it was cringeworthy. It's just like, mate, come on. They, they haven't caught Scotland on the break. The guy's just wellied it from 50 yards and bent it perfectly. And you're yeah. not giving the credit you des it, it deserves. It was just a fantastic like, finish. He, he's been one of, the, um, one of the stars of the tournament so far, I'd, I'd say, Sheik. Yeah, uh, you know, you know when though, whenever there's a tournament and the player does particularly well, he's going to get linked to every club now. It's going to yeah, be the very there's a few. There's there's a few of those. Um, I think in the first game, Mbolo, yeah. you mentioned him in Swi uh, for Switzerland in the first game. He looked good, not so good against the Italians, but I'm not sure many players will. Um, Isaac at Sweden yes, yes. looked really good, and I realised how young he was and how many goals he's already scored this season. They're talking about a, a release clause of 65 million already. Um, and and um, for Holland, Denzel Dumfries, I think, has been fantastic. And I can see him ending up at, at one of the big European sides um, mm. as a right wing back. So, yeah, it's already starting. But how many times have we seen before people get bought off the back of a tournament and then never um, do anything again? Ross in the Premier League. Well, I mean, so it's, it's not based on the tournament, but obviously Depay went to Barcelona last night. So that is... Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and he's looked good. He did miss a sitter the other day. But let's let's do one group at a time then. Let's, let's whilst we're in Group D, um, obviously the Croatia and Czech Republic game was a draw, which was a good result for both England and Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a good competitive game. I think a draw was a fair result, really. And then the game at Wembley. What are your what are your, what are your thoughts now? Uh, a few days on, what are we Sunday morning now? So a couple of days on. Um, people, I, I'm I was more disappointed that England didn't do more, uh, but Scotland defended 
admirably. And I think when people are going, oh, but we're, we've drawn with Scotland, there's no way that football is coming home. I mean, all you have to do is look at some of the other results that happened yesterday, you know, the world champions yeah. getting held by Hungary. And also... I could understand it. I can understand the frustration more if, say, England had had a nil-nil draw with North Macedonia. But it's Scotland. It's a derby. Scotland played out of their skin. It's the game that they really want to win. I mean, you want to win all of the games at an, at an international competition, but it's a bit different. If England had played the minnows uh, of a, I don't know, like a Kosovo or something like that, then we could maybe be a bit annoyed that it's almost like England against Algeria in the World Cup terrible performance rightly criticized but Scotland it's a derby <coughs> they're going to play at 250% there it's it you play, it's a different kettle of fish it's not just yes they're not a highly ranked team at all but they're playing against the team that they want to beat the most and to keep the competition alive and they have some decent players it's not yeah. it, it's not as bad as everyone's making out because Chances are England are through anyway. I mean, one of, of course, one of the teams, Croatia plays Scotland. So if anyone wins, one of them has to go on four points. But that means that at minimum, England probably going to finish third. Um, and also we we beat Croatia. So Croatia on, on the head-to-head -head rule, as we understand it, yeah. we can't finish above England anyway. Exactly. Um, Scotland drew with us. So it then goes, would go to goal difference and such things. But... You know, they, they've lost to a game 2-0 already and they're not looking like scoring many goals. So you'd think if they did win against Croatia, it'd only be by the odd goal. So really, England should finish in the top two. You know, unless they get hammered by the Czech Republic. Which I don't see happening. Have. We haven't conceded yet as well. And also, looking at the way that the tournament is meant to pan out, it's not the worst thing in the world if we don't finish top. Yeah, I get that. And I mean, I'll come, we'll come on to that, but... The, my my overriding thought was not to have a knee-jerk reaction like it seems 95% of the English fans on Twitter were having. Um, I was straight on there to try and calm things down and, and give a perspective whereby, because we had not beaten Scotland in one of our group games and we'd drawn, that that was the end of our tournament. Um, just settle down, calm down. No one wins all of their games. It, it, it's tournament football. We, we have to, and in a way, we'll get onto the tactics, but in a way, I think that was in Gareth Southgate's mind when he was making his substitutions or a lack of substitutions. If that was England versus Scotland in the last 16, we would have seen Bellingham. We probably would have seen Sancho. Mm. But he, he didn't want to remove one of his holding midfielders and go for it. Because if we had lost to Scotland, and you know, let's be honest, they were a threat. They defended well, but they played really well and they deserved mm. that point. If, if we'd conceded, then we would have been locked on three points with Scotland and we would have had the Czechs to play. So, so four points and three points ahead of both the other teams, you know, joint top is tournament football. And as, the, as everyone keeps saying, the manager and the players, the objective is to get out of the group. And like you said, we've effectively done that already, 99% there. And we've got a game against the Czechs. And the Scotland game will be our hardest game in the group. They might not necessarily be the best football team, but like you said, it's, it's a derby and anything can happen. 
and how we have seen a lot of teams. We've seen a lot of nil nils at half time. We've seen a lot of teams struggle to break teams down. The, the, the difficult thing from an England point of view and the slight worry is that we struggled. How many times have we seen it with Saints struggling against a low block, a team that defends the edge of their area, defends deep. There's nowhere in behind. There's no space really between the lines. You need to stretch these teams. And England are very, very patient. I think they're overly cautious in possession at the back. And that just ate up a lot of time, passing it along the back line into Rice, back again. No one breaking the lines. And and the, the disappointing thing for us was that we didn't have the creativity. And more importantly, we didn't have the bravery to try things to break through that Scottish box. Because we have the players, we have the um, the good one-touch football and the, and the quality first touches. You know, we've got those attacking players. I was disappointed with, despite how good he was in the first game, um, Phillips and Rice in that I was watching the game and I was screaming at the options to pass the ball into the feet of Mount or Sterling to break through the press. Um, there was space between those lines at times. And instead of trying to zip a ball in or thread a ball in, which it was, wasn't even that difficult at times, you just roll it out to the fullback instead and we go back to the centre-back. And we were never going to go anywhere playing like that. And and if you watch the Croatia game, that's where we were threatening. I remember a throw-in from Trippier to um, to Sterling early on on the half turn and he was in. Mason Mount constantly picking the ball up in the pocket on the half turn. Suddenly we were running at the defence and we didn't do that enough against Scotland. No, we didn't. And it really also it doesn't help when Harry Kane seems to be completely off the boil at the moment. I thought he was I know he's not getting the service, but at the same time, he's been completely anonymous. I think both against Croatia and Scotland. Um he's certainly not been at the level that we can see see him at whether he's carrying a knock, maybe the season's been a long one. I mean it's been a yeah. long one for everyone, but he just does not seem um I, I think... having making his mark just at the moment. No, he's not making his mark yet, but I, I really don't see it as something to worry about. You know, Harry Kane is a top goal scorer, and okay, he's gone two games where he's been kept quiet, but he's gone two games and been kept quiet when he's the only man up front, and he's been swamped by opposition players. In fact, the reason we scored the goal against Croatia was because of Harry Kane. Harry Kane didn't touch the ball, but he he was being man marked constantly by the Croatian defence. He moved away from his striking position, which allowed space for Sterling to run into. And that's why Vashalko had to run miles to try and get a block in there because the centre-back had been removed by Kane. So, you know, all this oh, touches in the opposition box, shots on target. Yeah, I know we need some shots on target from him for him to score goals. But Harry Kane has never been a good player against the ball. Yeah, he is he is one of the worst pressers of a football on the defence. He doesn't work particularly hard. When he does get the ball, that's when he comes alive. And Harry Kane hasn't been given the ball. You know, Sterling didn't give the ball to Kane in the last game once. The defender, uh, the Royce never zipped a ball into Kane. The the crosses, one cross came in that was half decent from James, and he. he 
just stretching for the header. It, he's feeding off scraps. So we need to find a way to service him. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are as a striker, unless you unless he's going to go and win the ball and do it all on his own, which Harry Kane's not, then he is going to be kept quiet. So we need to find ways in which to get him involved in the game. Um, whether that means he drops deep and then we have runners in behind, like he does at Spurs, or we say to him, no, stay in the box and we will get the ball wide. Maybe we'll play wing backs. But yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about Kane and I really don't think he's going to get he's going to get dropped um, against uh, in, our, in our next game against the Czechs. I, th- I think Rashford came on for him because Southgate tried to change things tactically mm. because as good as Kane is, he's no use to us if we can't give him the ball. So he wanted to, to get Rashford to try and run in behind the Scots, which is difficult because they were playing deep. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about him. I do expect changes, but I, I think the main point is that I, that I want to make from this, and I've been trying to make with so many, so many people on Twitter, for, for us to get four points in the first two games, concede zero goals, to win our first Euros game for the first time in history, after a good World Cup, good qualifying, just because Southgate isn't, uh, hasn't got the same CV as a Pep Guardiola or a Jose Mourinho, just get off his back. Like, the guy is the right man for the job. Like, whether you, whether you think he's inept tactically or whatever, you know, I'm sure he knows a lot more about football than you do. I, we, need to, we need to get behind the team. I'm sick and tired of the media and all the shitbags in the media trying to look for something. You know, the other day something came out about, I think I, I read about Calvin Phillips' dad, which had never been brought up before in all his time playing for Leeds. But now they've dug something out. And Harry Kane from Sky Sports got a rating of three. It was obviously made um, a scapegoat. You know, why don't we just get... You know, in 2018, we got behind the boys because there wasn't expectation. And it, it's just it just gets toxic. For, for me, Southgate has done, in the preparation, has done everything right. He's meticulous in his planning. And, you know, idiots on social media saying, I'll get rid of him. Second game into the group stage of a tournament when we're unbeaten on four points and we're out, we've qualified. You know, come on, mate. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. People, there's a vendetta against him because he's a nice guy and and he hasn't got a, a glittering CV. But he's an international manager. That's his speciality. He's done it with the under-21s. He knows how it works. Transitioning from a club manager to an international manager, two different things. And he has created an environment which allows the players to be relaxed and mentally be in the best place to perform when it comes to match day. And, And let's not forget, by the way, that the reason that we have such a good squad and such a young squad is because... He ended Wayne Rooney's international career. He stopped calling up the likes of Welbeck and Sturridge and Cahill and all the old ones. You know, if, if it wasn't for Gareth Southgate, Mason Mount would be kicking a ball for England. And now, and, and everyone was saying how shit he was. Now he was the teacher's pet. And now all of a sudden everyone's saying he's world class. Yeah. Because Southgate realised that and Lampard. So, you know, there's a lot of things that he's done um, that that don't get the credit they deserve. And if, if there's one thing about Southgate that you can criticise, 
I would say, you know, he's meticulous in his planning. He's really intelligent. He thinks about everything. But he's reacting to in-game scenarios off, off the bat. Something happens, he needs to make a change. He needs to change something tactically. Him and Steve Holland, I think at times, can be a little bit a little bit slow because you can't plan for those for everything. You know, you can try, but you can't plan for everything. So, although his it, it, but his subs against Croatia, I thought were absolutely spot on. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with the subs in, against Scotland. And as I said, I think he was, I think he was caught between, do we go and win this game because obviously everyone wants to beat Scotland. Or do we hold what we have against the dangerous Scotland team on the day in order to qualify? And and I think he settled for the latter. And let's not forget that if you at the start of the tournament, if you said we'd get four points from Scotland and Croatia, and that was a draw against Croatia and a win against Scotland, everyone mm. would have been like, Yeah, that'd be a good start. I'll take that, you know, a draw yeah. against a draw against the World Cup finalists, um, and a win. You know, just because it's happened the other way around, people are thinking, Oh, well, we should have beat Scotland after we we beat Croatia. And it's like, mate, it's four points. There's only three teams in the competition so far that have won both their games: Italy, Belgium, and um Netherlands. Netherlands, you know. And only three teams and only three, also only three teams have not conceded yet, which is Italy, Sweden and ourselves. Like, yeah, and, and also, by the way, Belgium haven't looked great. Netherlands, fortunate to beat Ukraine. The only side I think that's, that's got 100% points and two good performances are the Italians after two games. And it's two games in, you know. Teams don't peak now. And and I, I think England are not playing particularly well, but they are solid. They are hard to break down, hard to score against. They're still controlling the ball and games. And it hasn't quite clicked yet with the attacking players. Mm. But I think it will. Yeah. You know, it, it will take it might take a few games. And that's that always happens in the groups, man. It does. Like, it- France won the World Cup in 2018 and they were lucky in their first two games to scrape wins against Australia and Peru. You know, the Portuguese are the holders. They drew all three of their games in, in the group stage. I remember Spain in the, in the 2010 World Cup lost their first game to, um, to Switzerland. Yeah. You know, and, and everyone Friday night, Saturday morning, Southgate out, we're shit, it's not coming home because we drew one game. And then yesterday I was like, well, in that case, I guess um, the Spanish are going home, the French are going home, and the Portuguese are going home now because let's they've just give the, points. Let's just give the comp- let's just just give the championship to Italy. You know, let's just give it to them now. Obviously, the the competition's completely finished. No, it, it, it's not coming yeah. home. Yeah, it's teams, teams drop points is 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 the um, is the message. It's tournament football. You have to manage three games in the space of what, like ten days essentially yeah. and then it and then it does get harder but in the knockouts you just need to get yourself into the best position you can in the knockouts and um and 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 that's what we'll that's what we'll do and i still don't subscribe to this whole oh let's try and finish in second place because after we'll get into group f but we don't have a bloody clue who's going to finish second in that group and if we do finish second in ours and we face maybe a, a maybe on paper an easier game from a group e team we have to play the winner of group f in 
um, St. Petersburg, yeah. which, which you know, is anyone's game. We lose the Wembley advantage that we have in the last 16 if we win our group. So, yeah, and, and, and just, you know, just going on to Southgate, I, I think give, give the guy a break just because he's a nice guy and he's thoughtful um, and he doesn't have a glittering CV. I think for Southgate, he's, if, he went, if he went and took his theory test, he'd get 100% on the theory, but he might drop a bit, a, a few points on the hazard perception. That's, that's how he... That's how I see him as a as a manager. He'd still he'd still sail through it because he's he's an intelligent man, but his his planning is meticulous. He doesn't leave a stone unturned, but then reactionary stuff in the game is where you want probably a bit more from him. Um, but at the same time, just because we have five subs, I don't think we need to make five subs because how many times do we see in the friendlies? where we make a load of substitutions and then after 60 minutes, the game's just much of a muchness because there's no rhythm. So I think he's conscious of that too. But we'll, we'll get off England now because we've talked about it for a while, but let's... Let's get to know, group let's A. Calm, let's, let's all calm down, get a, you know, get a drink, get ready for the game on Tuesday. And um, at, at, the end of the, at the end of this episode, we'll quickly run through who we think our 11 should be. Yeah, we'll, we'll bookend it with England. So, um, um, group, I, I want to let's start with Group A um, with how the teams have been doing because it looks as though our, both of our dark horses, um, Turkey, are heading home after a very insipid um, competition. Oh, shite, aren't they? What Absolute are they? rubbish. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you look back, you're like, why did we pick Turkey as dark horses? Most people did, but it's because they got some results. None of us have watched Turkey, none of us are like, oh, yeah, the Turkish you know, midfielders, blah, 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 the top players. They just, on paper, they had a few players who've had good season and they got some good results. But against Italy, they were dominated and you thought, okay, Italy are good. See how they are against the other two teams. I thought the Welsh were head and shoulders above them and actually should have um, should have run away. What was the score in the end? It was 2-0 and they only made it 2-0 right at the very end. Yeah, missed a penalty... Um, that ball's still in orbit, but there could have been more. I think they dominated them, and I think Wales, a, a great result for them. Um, they should be really happy with their work going into an Italy game where the winner finishes top of that group. And uh, I, I feel that Wales um, just clicked into gear against a, a, a drab Turkish side. But, uh, yeah, really, really good, really uh, pleasing result from a Welsh perspective. Absolutely. And of course, it's it tonight. We've got Italy against Wales as to obviously Wales have to win if they want to top the group. Um, but I think Wales, it's I mean, Switzerland against Turkey. The, the, I mean, Switzerland, if they win, uh, they'd have to win. I think about f I'm just looking at the table now. They'd have to win five nil and hope that Wales also get battered by Italy. So if, if Wales get battered by Italy, which is actually not out of the question. I think Switzerland would still need to get a 2-3-0 a win over Turkey to overtake Wales in second. Um, well, essentially, Switzerland lost 3-0 to Italy and Turkey uh, and Wales beat Turkey 2-0. So there's a five-goal swing. So yeah. if, if they both replicated those results, mm. then, um, then they'd be level pegging with the draw. Let's also mention that um, Italy took Switzerland apart as well with another 3-0. I mean, they've won two games, three 0 now. I believe they look they look 
the really real deal. good. They look really, um, really good. Getting results, getting goals, getting clean sheets and getting performances. But it, it was against Turkey and it was against Switzerland. Yeah. And they'll have the Welsh last. And apparently they're going to make some changes as well. So if they're going to rotate the squad, there's a real opportunity for Wales to sneak in and and maybe get a win. Absolutely. Which would put them top of the group um, and in a great position going into the last 16. Whoever finishes second in that group, um, mm-hmm. by the way, Tom, I, I come into Amsterdam uh, for the last 16 game. So I potentially could have Wales, you know, or, or maybe <laughs> Italy, probably Wales. They, they face second place in Group B. And let's let's go on to let's go on to Group B. Um, Belgium. Sort of, they're running away with it, although they weren't hugely convincing against Denmark. However, I'm just looking at the the final games for because I, I mean, I think the whole world wants Denmark to get get a win at least um, after what I happened. I think they will. They got they've got Russia now. Russia are on three points with a goal difference of minus two, whereas Denmark are on not zero points with minus two. So obviously, if Denmark beat Russia, then they can sneak in at third place and maybe get through. Um, but of course, if they were then, if you'd imagine Finland to get beaten by Belgium, so there is a chance if Denmark can get um, mm. a win against three Russia, three points that all they round, c- isn't it? They could actually sneak in in second place, which would be well, phenomenal. This, this is where it gets this is where it gets difficult because it's one of those groups where you could have three teams locked on three points and they've all beaten each other. So suddenly the whole head to head thing goes out the window because you keep going around in circles. So I think then goal difference is what, like you said, is what comes into it. I think Denmark will beat Russia um, and Belgium will beat Finland. Uh, and and it was a really impressive result for Belgium because. Denmark away is not an easy game. No, um, and and made even less e- less so by by the the circumstances. What was happening around it? The circumstances around it, and you know, during the game, the, the after ten minutes, the applause, which I thought was brilliant. You know, all the, all those things, and um, they did take an early lead. They were in the ascendancy, full house in Copenhagen, and um, and the Belgians got it done. And I was really impressed with the fact that they got the result whether they look good or not it was a that's a fantastic result so I think they'll end up on nine points for sure um and I think I think Denmark have got more than enough to um to beat Russia so how much how many goals do they need to to beat them by the turn it around two uh, no um Russia are on minus two. Denmark are on minus two. So oh. if Denmark if Denmark win by any scoreline, they will at least finish third. But because Finland are playing Belgium and they're, Finland are currently on a goal difference of zero. So if yeah. um, they even concede one goal and Denmark win by one, then they're both on minus one. Um, so, yeah. so I think Denmark, Denmark will go through with a win. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, um, looking at the goal difference, I think Denmark will just need to beat Russia by one more that Belgium beat Finland. I think. Yeah, uh, looking at it, we 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 said um, just just a point on the third place teams. Mm-hmm. It seems like three points might not be enough. Now we 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 went into this thinking teams with three points will probably get through, but the more you look at it, I think there the more teams they'll be finishing on four points potentially. Yeah, um, as as you go through. Through the groups, I mean, if 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 Switzerland beat Turkey, they're on four points. Um, this is one of those games where they're on three, so I think probably you have to finish in the top two in Group B to mm. get through. And then you've got 
we've got a game between on in Group C. If we move on to that, we've got a yeah. game between Austria and Ukraine, which <laughs> essentially is for second place in the group. Yeah, um, and they're they're both on three three points as it stands. North Macedonia so are gone. Yeah, uh, North Macedonia gone, <laughs> and yeah, um, and a, a, a point between Ukraine and Austria would would make it interesting. They'd both be on four points, so you'd think third place would go through there. Um, the Netherlands will beat Macedonia surely you know yeah. but I could see some rotation for that Dutch squad they're they're already they're already going to be through um and the uh the North Macedonia game is a game where you can rotate I feel you know there'll be game but I feel like it's going to be attack versus defense and a, and a bit of an onslaught throughout yeah, but uh, I, I'd imagine the Netherlands will join Belgium on on maximum points um, going into the next round. I think so too. I think so too. I, I think Ukraine are better than Austria as well. I, yeah, I, I, see I think it. I see Ukraine beating Austria, um, and then Austria sort of just leave it into the the hands of the of the gods, as it were, as to whether they go through in third place. Um, we've kind of talked about Group D uh, already. We if we finish yeah. on if we finish on Group D with the England team, um, now Group E is fascinating because Sweden, who we thought were just going to be a bit of a dead rubber in the group, are leading it uh, with four points. Leaving Spain need to beat Slovakia really, and I don't actually see that happening. Slovakia have looked good; they've looked really good. I think um, poor against they, yeah, disappointing maybe against Sweden, but Sweden are a difficult side to break down. And the Spanish will tell you that. Um, and even Poland have got a chance because Poland are playing um, Sweden themselves. So it's wide it, open, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely up for grabs. And, you know, I mean, Poland could even top the group if they if they beat Sweden by enough and results went their way. So, yeah, it's completely <laughs> there's, wide there's, open. There's, there's an obvious way to play against the Spanish. And um, I think the other big teams will be more than happy to play Spain in the knockout stages because they look crap. They, they, they like to pass the ball around, you know, they broke the record for 85% possession against Sweden, but they couldn't get the, get the win. Mm. The game yesterday, I don't know if you watched it, it was a really good game, really good day of football yesterday with three games, mm. but that was, um, <clears throat> the Poland played well, got the point that they needed for Lewandowski, of course, but again, the Spanish—they just don't have that that guy. They don't no. have that that cutting edge attacking player. You know, Morata up front, uh, Moreno on on, on um, Olmo on the wings, and you've got a couple of decent-ish midfield. They just don't seem to have much. So <clears throat> they're struggling to to turn that um, that possession into chances, and. If you're Slovakia, you're going to sit back, soak it all up and try and hit them on the counter-attack. And I think Slovakia will will be playing for a point because it will definitely mean they finish above Spain. Yep. We'll finish on four points, which you'd think should, should be, enough be enough to get through. Um, although then suddenly you get Poland, if they beat Sweden, then you've got three... You could have three teams finishing on four points and Spain finishing bottom on three. And then it, it all comes... It all, then it all comes round to the fact that those three teams have all beaten each other, like in the um, Group B scenario that we had. Yeah. So it could come down to goal difference as to whether you finish first, second or third. So 
and 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 second place in that group plays second place in England's, which right now, in terms of a last sixteen game, I get I get the idea and the buzz around the idea of finishing second because the last sixteen game would be so much easier. But it, I'm trying to look a little bit further ahead than that, and yeah. um, you know, obviously we'd rather play a side in Group E in the last sixteen than a side in Group F. But yeah. the the that would be in a way that would be on neutral territory in both the last sixteen and the last um, the last eight. Whereas if we won our group, we would face a difficult team probably in uh, the last sixteen, but at Wembley. Um, and then we'd go. And then we'd probably play someone like a Spain or someone like that in in the last eight. But if we came second, we did play that easy, easy. I say easy. No games easy. But that that Group E team in the last sixteen, mm. I think it. I think it's in Copenhagen. We then play the winner of Group F, a Group of Death, in St Petersburg in the quarterfinals. And that's not really a place that anyone wants to be. So I, I'm still of the opinion that. I would like to see us go into the last 16 off of a win against the Czech Republic mm-hmm. where we've earned ourselves first place and people are more are worried about playing England. Yeah. Not, oh, England just drawn their last two games against Czech Republic and Scotland. You know, they're beatable for a team in Group E. So, yeah, Group E is all to play for, as is the wonderful group that is Group F at the moment, which is throwing up all sorts of stories on its own. Um, let's start with Hungary. What a performance! Well, well actually, let's sorry. Let's start because we, we we haven't we haven't discussed the first round of games Group F yet because that happened after our last podcast. So um, the French got a a hard fought victory in Munich, which is proved not everyone can do, and that's a hard thing to do. They got a good one 0 win, and then Portugal left it late. Um, definitely were not worth three 0 win against Hungary. It was nil nil to eighty minutes. Mm. And then they managed to get themselves the goals. They did indeed, and I especially it was it could have all been oh so different as well if the Hungarian striker had just stayed timed his run a little bit later than when they, when they I thought they'd taken the lead in that game. But yeah, I haven't been convinced by any team in that group. If I'm being completely honest, I know Germany thrashed Portugal yesterday, but even that one was completely open for a time. And the amount of times that Germany were caught on the break by Portugal, um, cause, and you know, Portugal really should have scored, scored more than two because they just look so open at the back. It's, a, I'm almost not that worried if England finished top about facing any of those sides to be honest, France look unconvincing. Let's not forget that, yeah, they got a hard-fought victory over Germany, but at the same time, that goal comes from an own goal. And apart from that, they didn't really offer that much threat. Um, Portugal... And then obviously they've, they've, they've just gone and drawn with Hungary. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play France. You know, no. In, in, a, in a game against another big side, France are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed that against Germany, um, that hard-fought victory. And they struggled against Hungary in, in a similar way that we struggled against Scotland. So I wouldn't take too much into that. I think when it comes to the big games in the knockout stages and when it comes to France-Portugal next week, which will be a very interesting game, I think that's where you see the best of France. I also feel the same way about England, if I'm honest. I feel like our, our game is, is more um, 
tailored to playing open teams and teams that uh, that you know that have more quality rather than playing against a low block like like we struggled to against Scotland. Um, the the Germany game against Portugal, Portugal have an obvious obvious glaring weakness, uh, and that is Nelson Semedo at right back. And mm. despite the despite the sort of rock and roll football and Germany being on the press from the start and and you know in the Munich heat they came, they seem to keep that up for quite a while. They were all over them from the start. They did concede on the counter attack, but if you look at it, they were targeting Portugal's right-hand side. And for pretty much every goal, Nelson Semedo was out of position. And we, and we know we know how shitty he is as a defender. You know, we, we remember the game, uh, the semi-final against Bayern Munich, where Barcelona at home, I think, and lost 6-2 or something like that. And and it was his, it was essentially, it was down to him. Um, he, he's, the, Cancelo got COVID before the, the tournament. So he's filling in there. And essentially, if we played Portugal, I would be getting Grealish at Semedo all day long. Um, get Mount in that area. And I think that's what Germany did well. I don't, I don't think Germany were like, whoa, Germany had, you know, four, scored four against Portugal. Like they're, They've turned it on. I think they're susceptible at the back. Um, their back three is slow. I think you can, you can get at them. Um, Kai Havertz looked decent. But yeah, again, two two own goals for the first two game, uh, first two goals. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be that worried about playing Germany. And although I think Portugal do have better attacking players, I, I feel like against Portugal, if we can go at them and go at that right back, uh, we could get a result. I'd stay clear of France if possible, though. But what a result for for Hungary against the French, oh, against the World Cup holders. Phenomenal result, and I think most. Real, you know, any realistic hung, hungry supporter will be going into that group thinking, if we even get any point, that'll be, yeah, that'll be a victory for us. And you know what? I, they're playing. Who they play last? They play Germany last. Um, I can see them. Have they got a chance, Tom? <sighs> you know what? Could, could we end up playing Hungary, finishing second place in the last sixteen? Well, could you imagine that? Well, the thing is. I put a tweet out saying when Portugal made it 1-0 against Germany, yes, it was in the 15th minute, but they were, you know, on the live table, they were on six points sailing through as Germany were going yeah. home. And now at 90 minutes, Germany look to be in the driving seat. They'd expect to be in the driving seat when they've got to play Hungary. But also Portugal have now got to play France and realistically get a point to at least get a point to assure, like give them a chance of going through. So it just shows swings and roundabouts. Yeah, but Portugal are in a difficult position now, aren't they? Do you know if the uh, germany hungary game is in Budapest or in Munich? I'm going to have a quick look, actually. Let's have a look at the... Uh... I thought it was Budapest, but I think I heard the other day that, um, that it would be in Munich. But yeah, that final day is going to be, uh, it's going to be brilliant. And... Um, I don't have two screens, or oh, I do have two screens actually. Maybe I'll watch both games, but uh, certainly the France Portugal game is going to be okay, the one. Okay, I'm just getting it up now. It is uh, Germany Hungary is in Munich, and Fr Portugal France is in Budapest. Ah, so it's a bit of a shame because uh, mm. a full what? house in Ooh. Budapest is, is really does add to um, to Hungary's what arsenal. I 
Well, I'll tell you one thing, mate. I've just gone on uh, the old trusty Wikipedia. They've got a table which shows the current ranking of the third place teams. So okay. At, so at the moment, Croatia and Switzerland are out, and Spain, Finland. Like are... you said, though. Yeah. Like you said, though. Like, uh, you know, it can all change so quickly. Last game, Group F was upside down. You know, so much of it can change. Um, that that is one thing that I think is uh, I think there's a little bit of um, unfairness maybe or, or something's fallen through the net a little bit with this with this third place thing. The teams who play last are in a are, are at an advantage because I know that all the teams in the group have to play their games at the same time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you are one of the teams looking to finish in third place. You go and to the last, last game. in Group F, and you know four points will do it, or something like that. Then you you can kind of play for that, um, mm. which you know. And then a team who's played early in the week might go out because of that fact. So it's a little bit harsh, but yeah, what are you going to do? It's a it's a rule that everyone knew going into the competition. So I suppose it's just something that they. I, I mean, could you imagine being? Um, I don't know, say a, team, a, a fan of a team in Group A, you're finishing, you're finishing third on a relatively high points. You think, yes, we've got this, but you got to wait until all of the fixtures are complete, mm. just to, just to like that nail bite yeah. of thinking, oh, we're gonna do it, oh, we're gonna do it. Um, so now it'd be interesting. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a brilliant final round of fixtures. I think we should, and you know what, Hungary realistically they're not going to do it but if they could do if they could maybe get a point against germany and they finish with having only lost one game i think even if they they won't go through on that total of points but they will i think their fans if they can go through if they can get through that group having lost just the one game i think they'll see that as a phenomenal achievement um yeah so so let's let, let's go through the groups then who who we predict's going to go through um are we saying Italy to finish top? Yeah, I think you have to. I'm going to go Italy to finish top, and I am going to. What was the what was the turnaround and goal difference for? It's like a five goal swing, isn't it? It's a five I goal. Th I don't think I don't think the Welsh will get thrashed, so I think they'll probably finish second, even yeah. if Switzerland get a win against Turkey, which isn't. I think the I think the rankings will stay as they are: Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and then Switzerland have to. I think they will. I think Switzerland will get something against Turkey. Let's um, not forget, by the way, that Tur Turkey are not out of this. If they're in Baku, they'll be they'll be backed by um, a lot of local fans. Mm. Uh, in a in a you know quite a lot of quite a lot of that stadium is it can be sold out quite high capacity, and um, three points might still get them through in third place. Might. It might. I'm just looking at. Let me just go back to that little ranking table, because um, of course, yes, at the moment, three points is get gets you through. Um, if and so if Croatia lose and Switzerland lose, then yeah, that means Turkey would probably go through with three points. So, but it depends on what yeah you know, what happens in Group B and C and yeah, they're too <laughs> there are too many perm there are too many permutations. But we're saying um, they're dead and buried Turkey, but they're not. You know, they're three points against the Swiss mm. might, with a half decent goal difference, might get through. Um, Group B, we, we've already we've, touched on them, haven't we? Group B, yeah, Belgium to run away with it, and probably, hopefully, Denmark to finish second with a victory against Russia. Yeah, and and I feel probably 
neither Finland nor Russia will get through well, on the third place. Well, they'd, be, they'd both be on three points, and actually Finland would probably end up having a better goal difference than Russia. So um, Maybe. It, dep- it would depend on the goal difference again, wouldn't it? But, yeah. You know, if Turkey are in it, then so are those two teams, I guess. Yeah. But I, I feel like Finland, they've yeah. got Belgium to play. Their goal mm-hmm. difference isn't going to be great by the end of that. Group C, uh, Netherlands to finish top. Uh, I think that's a foregone conclusion. And then for me, Ukraine will beat Austria, and Austria have got to hope that three points. Nine six three zero, yeah, nine six three zero points on on that. So at at Um, the moment, we've got a few teams that could potentially finish on three points in third place. Let's skip Group D. We'll finish that uh, at the end. Group E. I mean, that's a really difficult one. Spain have got Slovakia. I actually don't see them beating Slovakia. I see Poland beating Sweden. So then it could be. Oh. God, it could be all manner of things in this one, couldn't it? I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna put my neck on the line. I'm gonna say Slovakia go through in one of the places. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Sl- Slovakia go through. Sweden go through. And then it depends if. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think Spain. Yeah, but probably... then if Poland beats Sweden, then are you back in Poland to go through. I don't know, Callum. I have absolutely no idea with this group. This is a mathematical nightmare. This group. So I think by the end of it. Spain surely will have enough to get a win against Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Um, end up on five points. Okay. And then I think Sweden can get a draw with Poland. Okay, so you're going to go for Spain, Sweden, Slovakia in third. and um... no, I guess the Poles would then therefore yeah. be last, but... That, that could go anywhere. That, could, that, that that's, that's, that's a horrible group. And Group F, um, for me... France against Portugal, then. France against Portugal. How's that ending? I'm because going for a... It's not one of those games where both teams are going to play out a draw. No. Because Germany beating Hungary would then leapfrog the both of them. So these two are going to go at it, which I can't I, wait for. I see this as a high-scoring game. I I'm actually going to tip Portugal to beat France in a really enterta- in a really entertaining game. I think this is going to be game of the tournament so far. So you're putting France to finish third in Group F. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Presu- um, pre- presuming that you think Germany are going to beat Hungary. I'm going to presume because it's in Munich. Hungary won't have the 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 full stadium behind them like they did in Budapest. So. I think I think they'll give it a good go. I don't think it'll be a big win for Germany. I think maybe like a 1-0, 2-1. Yeah, I, I think Germany will overcome Hungary. Um, so, yeah, I'm tipping Germany, Portugal, and then France. So you think Portugal I think Germ- the last 16 potentially against the group winners of England's group? Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Um, if, yeah. if, just a few permutations. If France beat Portugal, which a lot of people would expect, mm-hmm. they will finish top. Germany, with a win against Hungary, would finish second, which would set up potentially an England versus Germany last 16 game. Yeah. What which game. I wouldn't be too worried. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind that. No. Depending on how we do against the Czechs. <laughs> that is true. Should we, get, should we go on to group? Should we go on to group D? Finish this yeah. off? So England, group, will beat, England will beat Czech Republic. I think so. And I, if I'm being completely honest, uh, actually, I'm just going to check where the game is. Is it? I'm sure it'd probably be at Hampden Park, wouldn't it? Croatia against Scotland. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what? I think 
I'm going to go Croatia to beat Scotland. I think. Oh, Scot- yeah. yeah, I just, I think Scotland completely raised their game against England to level, but against the Czech Republic, they played at a level that you'd expect of them, really. And they got. I think they'll. I think they'll learn from it. I think Hamden will be buzzing because they have a chance, and they're all happy after their nil-nil win against England. And then, <laughs> um, and, and I think they'll be buzzing. I think everything's on the line. They have to win this game. You just worry about Scotland. You know, are they going to be able to find the goals? You know, Dykes and Adams up front. Oh, um, Dykes is missed, terrible, isn't he? He's just some chances, haven't they? So, and and are they going to play in the same way? Are they going to are they going to be hard to beat? Are they going to? Have they, a got low a, block? they have to go. They have to go for it. They know a draw is not enough. So, Modric versus Gilmore, centre of the park, could come down to that. I struggle. Still struggle to see Scotland winning, but Croatia aren't all that. No. Uh, yeah, that could go either way. Let's back the let's back the Scots to win. Let's back the Scots to win and get four points by the end of it. So we so we therefore have we reckon four points for Scotland be enough for uh, four points for the port. Oh, Portugal might be on three points. Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. So, so Scott, three, Scott, three points might not be enough for Portugal to get through ooh. if they if they lose to France. And, and the goal difference, the goal difference at the moment is plus one. So they'd be on a goal difference of a, at best zero with three points. It's all exciting, isn't it? I have no idea. Oh, it'd be interesting because that's those are the last games too. So we could be watching these games play out and Portugal could be playing losing to France 1-0. Sorry? They'll, they'll be playing for their lives, pretty much. They just... they could, say, say Portugal are losing 1-0 to France, but they know <clears throat> that that gets them through as the the fourth best third-place team. Do they then shut up shop rather than going all out to get an equaliser? knowing that an extra goal on the break would just eliminate them from the tournament. This, this is the sort of permutations that I'm talking about when you know in Group F what exactly what you need. Mm. So we, we might see that. We might see France winning 1-0, but actually that result, meaning that both teams will go through and them just passing the ball around for the last 20 minutes. Hopefully not. Nah, but, I'm sure um, that won't be in Ronaldo's uh, makeup. That's for absolutely sure. not. He wants to. He wants an excuse to rip his top off and run into the corner after scoring from one yard out. So, oh, talk, talking of which, just a brief mention on Hungary's celebration. <laughs> oh yeah, that poor lady. That poor lady at the little table, just like, oh my god. Uh, she's a stadium announcer, I think. She sort of like went from shock to kind of yeah. happiness that she was involved in the celebration realised how angry looking the guy was. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny, man. Um, right, let's finish by going into um, our lineups because I think this is a really difficult decision. I think I think every single person will have a different 11 for England mm. to face Czech Republic. And I think Southgate will probably have a different 11 to everyone. Um, yeah. But I, I, see, I see some changes on the horizon. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Pickford and goal. I think that is... Yeah. The, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's You're go with it. Neck out there, mate. I mean, I know, well, you know, I don't. Want, I, I try not to put my head too much above the parapet there. But We're sticking yeah. Ramsdale in there, then. Nah, nah. I think no. Nah, Ramsdale plays as my second striker. Um, <laughs> uh, let's have a let's have a look at the team that played 
on Friday night. Uh, yes, I'm going to go for Pitford. I put Walker back at right back, okay. and I re- think I revert to. I think I go to Trippier again at left back. If I'm being completely all oh, right, okay. Um, Stones and Mings. You only really change that up if Maguire is fit. I think Maguire is fit. Mm. But they said that on Friday, and he still didn't make it. So well, yeah, but I, I think. I, I I think that was the right decision and that he, he was fit enough, but let's give him an extra five days. I, yeah. I, I Maguire comes in for me, no question, no question okay. in my mind. If because he's fit, if, yeah. if he's gonna come in if he's gonna come in for, to your team, unless you want to play Mings for the rest of the tournament, mm. Maguire needs to come in for a game now before yeah. we face a, a a knockout game against potentially a, a harder team. He need yeah. he needs some minutes under his belt. He does. He does. So, so we're going to. Well, what get... are the thoughts behind the fullbacks? I just think it. I thought it worked really well against uh, Croatia, and that they were more attacking. I think James and Shaw didn't take the ball forward enough against Scotland, and I know it's difficult no. when they're playing so deep. But if we're being realistic, England need to beat the Czech Republic to. I mean, well, a draw would probably a draw would be fine to see them through, but. You know, after I think we we should be aiming to top the group, and we should be going 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 for a win, and just just to be a bit more be a bit more attacking. I think the Czech Republic, yeah, they haven't lost yet, but they are there are weaknesses to that side. Does uh, Chilwell deserve a chance? Maybe, maybe I don't know if Trippier was then put in at left back as more of a, a, a tactical thing against a, a Croatian team um, it, it all depends it's, I mean we need to get the ball into the box more so on that basis then Chilwell he has a good left foot on him good good ability to swing the ball in I think if you if you do it'll be that, more of an attacking threat yeah more of an attack yeah then maybe they maybe have Chilwell I'll definitely have Walker because I just don't think James did enough against Scotland to warrant uh, being in the side again um, for this one so <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it was just it, we weren't we weren't attacking enough against Scotland, and yeah. I think those changes would give us more impetus down both flanks. Yeah, I'm not sure Trippier. I think Trippier was put there with a defensive uh, that slash experience kind mm. of thought in mind. I, I I don't think you get more attacking down the left hand side of Trippier than again than with either Chilwell or Shaw, but. Kind of reverting back to the what to the trusted guys, isn't it? Really, mm. midfield, midfield. Um, I don't necessarily know if we need to have two defensive midfielders in Phillips and Rice. I think maybe drop one of them. Yeah. Who, who for? I'm not entirely sure at the moment. Um, I probably I'd be tempted to keep Phillips really. Because I think he's been terrific. Maybe not as he was definitely terrific against Croatia. Um, the whole team were b- below par against Scotland, so it's difficult to really pick. Although him. Phillips Phillips did well playing in a completely different role. Yeah. To what to what you would be using him in here? Mm. Yeah, he, he, a single pivot. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you probably only have one of those two, personally. Possibly bring in a Bellingham, um, because you know it's a. Four points really should be enough to see us through. So there's no issue with maybe 
try. I mean, it's not exactly taking a risk and trying him because the guy's plays Champions League football. He's played for Borussia Dortmund. He knows how to play in the big games. So I don't think it'd be that much of a risk if we wanted to play Bellingham for whoever drops out as... Uh, just to finish. touch on that if we yeah. did finish third in our group mm-hmm. i think we're then it's netherlands i think we're is it the way I, the way i've seen it it all depends on who gets through because the, the it says uh, the winner of group a will play third place in b c d or f or something like that so it, i think it all depends because otherwise you'll find that you might you know two two of the third place sides aren't getting through and then you can't have the sides who's played in the same group playing yeah, that's the, true. the winners. So I think it's almost, it all depends. It all depends. So we, yeah. we will play one of the teams who finished top. And to be honest, I wouldn't really fancy doing that, <laughs> the way no. some of those sides are playing. No. Um, <clears throat> so you're going Phillips holding, Bellingham next to him. I'd keep Mount in the side. I think he's undroppable at the moment. He's a very brilliant attacking player and I reckon I would potentially drop Foden for this one to bring in Grealish I think okay. I think aside from Foden's hitting the post against Croatia he hasn't done an awful lot now that may be I, I, I would agree with that I think a lot of people were complaining that Foden got taken off um, but and, and that he was one of uh, he was our best player I just didn't see that no I, I didn't see him I didn't see him creating anything yeah, you know, nice touch every now and again, but he wasn't effective at all. No. So I'd actually, maybe not, I want to see Sancho play in this game. I just don't know who to drop off. I don't know who to put him instead of. I think Sterling's been all right in this tournament. He was terrific against Croatia. Again, everyone was a bit below par against Scotland. So I think Sterling needs to be dropped. You say Sterling would be dropped. Would you then put Sancho in his place? Um, or would you go with if you're, if you're talking about bringing Sancho in I'd bring him in for Sterling yeah but the other thing is that I don't feel I feel like Foden's been played out of position he plays he plays on the left for Man City mm. um, and what we want from our right winger is is that we, we want a winger mm. because we play predominantly we play our football down the left hand side Mason Mount will join in over there. Declan Rice gets dragged out to that side. We use an attacking fullback. You've obviously got either Grealish or, or whoever's playing there. Then that leaves space over on the far side and a switch of play to someone direct who can run one-on-one, i.e. a Sancho, I think does, does work for us. Um, and I do feel like he needs to be um, introduced to the tournament in some form. And then are you sticking with Kane up front? I think you have to. Um, I think, yeah, he's been poor so far, but he hasn't had the service, I think. And he's a top player. Maybe if he, if it's not working, then take him off early, rest him. Maybe he does need a bit of a, a bit of time off. Um, and then I'd probably put in, <sighs> I'd maybe go with, again with Rashford uh, central instead of Calvert-Lewin because I, although Czech Republic, they do seem to be quite strong and, you know, it'll be a good aerial battle because their defenders are very, um, very solid. So I think, yes, yeah, Kane starts for me. I'm actually going to back him to hit the net in this game. I'm going to go for a 2-0 England win against the Czech Republic. Oh, so, sorry, what were you saying about Rashford and Calvert-Lewin then? I thought you were I thought you were about to say you dropped Kane. 
No, no, no. I was going to, I was, I, I always have Kane to start. However, if it's not working with him, oh, okay. I'd maybe you know, take him off at half time. I missed something. what you said because I was too busy trying to think of what on earth I would do because I'm completely undecided on the whole mm. team, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I, think, I think we need a load of changes and I think certain players I would like to come in and play. However, I have this lingering thought in the back of my mind that having watched such a disjointed display in possession against Scotland, that I feel like club chemistry is something that could play a big part. And when when we were saying about our the teams we would play prior to this tournament, we talked a lot about um, connections between club mates and players who play week in, week out and know each other's games. And I've just got that lingering in my mind because it almost seemed like we had 11 strangers on the pitch against Scotland. And there, were, there was no rhythm. There was no um, little one-touch, two-touch moves, combinations. It was all one pass at a time. And then a lot of them negative. And it, it just felt to me like if you had players who know each other's games, then they'll do things without even needing to look because they just know. You know. Rashford will just know where that Shaw's going to be on the overlap, for instance, or Walker playing behind Foden, etc. Um, so in that respect, I think, obviously, Pickford's in goal. Then I think a back four, you could quite easily have the two Man City guys on the right, the two United guys on the left. So a, so a, a Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw. And then, and then the wingers, you could have Rashford on the left and Foden on the right. And then suddenly you've got kind of a trio of Man United on the left, Man City on the right. And they just, they know how to defend together. But then going forward in the wide positions, there's a real understanding there. And, and we, as you said, we have not been effective in the wide positions. And therefore we haven't been able to supply Harry Kane. So maybe having those combinations and that kind of chemistry and that know-how will will get us further further up the pitch in those wide positions, more crosses into the box. Um, I agree with you, only Rice or Phillips. I think Phillips is better on the ball. So if we're looking for someone to zip passes forward and, and spread the play, then maybe him although he doesn't seem to show that a lot. And I do feel like Rice is the better holding midfielder. Um, but then you also think, well, maybe if you give Rice a rest, he's probably going to be the guy who plays in the, in the big knockout games because we'll see the best of Declan Rice against the ball when we're, when we're in battles. So do you rest him? Um, I would probably still play Rice as that holding midfielder, but then, you know, not give him the full 90 unless we have to, you know. Um, I, I would bring Henderson in for this game. Mm -hmm. I th if he's fit, I mean, the fact that Maguire is suddenly fit and he's come from a lot further back and Henderson has been training with the team for, for like a week now, I would suggest that he's available. And I, f I think we missed him in Scotland's game. Um, I, I feel like we missed players with experience and just know how how to get the win in those games how many times have we seen us in qualifier and other friendlies and stuff win 
even though we've played shit, we just win. And I think that's because there are and certain players in the team, certain makeup, we just, they just get the job done. And I feel like he would have played those forward passes. He would have driven the side on a bit more and he would have gotten the best out of everyone around him. I think that's what you get from Henderson. So I would, I would play him as, um, as that slightly more attacking central midfielder where, where you're playing Bellingham. And I completely get the idea of Bellingham. I wouldn't be against it. Just I feel that Henderson, we could get a good 60 minutes out of him. That would be great. Um, and then I would bring in, I, would, I don't subscribe to Mason Mount being undroppable because I don't actually think he's been very effective. None of our attacking players have in the first two games. So I, I would maybe look at, and, and also he's not going to play 90 minutes every single game. We go burn him out. We need him in the latter stages. So I would like to see Grealish come in and play in that number 10 role off of Kane. So so based on that, that's my team. And then I and then I look at it and I think, oh, do I want Rashford? I'd like Sancho to play. Yeah, do I want Walker? Do I want Shaw? I'd like Trippier. I'd like Chilwell. But on the basis of trying to get a bit of rhythm in the side. I think those those six players from Man United, Man City are quite important. Um, so I'd maybe I'd maybe look at it that way. With Sancho definitely coming on as an impact sub, you know I'd have that penciled in straight away. But the the, the one thing I'm I am worried about with this side is that I I don't think Mason Mount and Jack Grealish can play in the same side. No, you, it's, you mean like it's almost like a, a Lampard and Gerrard thing where they yeah. just can't play it's exactly what I was exactly what I was going to say. I think they could be the, the next, because they both play in the same position. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, it might be people going, oh no, well, Jack Grealish can play on the left, left wing and Mason Mount's number 10. But it doesn't work like that. You, they don't stay in the positions that they're shown on the graphics on the TV. Mm. Mason Mount plays to the left of that attacking midfield area and Jack Grealish plays inside from that left wing position. So they both play in that same position. And when Grealish came on against Scotland, Mason Mount disappeared. And I, I just, I feel like we'll have, it'll be congested over there and we'll have two players that are treading on each other's toes a little bit. I would love to get them both in the same side. And that's down to Southgate and Holland to, I'd almost be saying Grealish and Mount spend like the spend the next four days like in each other's pocket. Spend you know, sit together at dinner every single time we play a game on the training ground. You're both going to be in the same team and just get and just talk to each other and get used to each other and have a little bit of that chemistry because they might realise you know Jack Grealish might say, "Well, this is what I want to do." Mason Mount will say, oh, "Okay, well, you know, I wanted to do this." And, and they, they can work it out between them. They're both top quality footballers. And if we can get them playing in the same team, but slightly different roles, then at times, them two and Foden, even if all three of them have got kind of free reign to just run around and play in that attacking midfield role like we've seen before, that's where we can be dangerous. Yeah, and if they can get that... Um that chemistry then that could be a whole world of trouble for the teams that we play and I'm sure that our lineups will inevitably change a few times between now and when yeah. they, between now and when the games happen Callum uh always a pleasure to talk to you about football uh 
I think you're going to go off, enjoy the rest of the day in Amsterdam and prep for the game tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Well, what a, what a way to uh, have a Sunday. So thank you very much for listening. We'll do another uh, roundup later on uh, in the week. And uh, please join us then. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at under underscore saints. If you want to find me, you can find me at T2 on 4 Murray. You can find me at Callum Wilson 21. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the football. And as always, remember to stay safe and stay wonderful. <laughs>